Today's episode is presented by Early Bird. Early Bird is the simplest way for parents, family, and friends to collectively invest in a child's financial future starting at the earliest age. Early Bird's mobile app empowers parents and families to start saving for their child's financial future in a matter of minutes while activating a child's broader community to gift contributions on birthdays, holidays, or any occasion. Look, it's hard to save money. Uh, it's something that uh, I wish sometimes I were I was better at, but have worked hard to get where I'm at now. Uh, obviously, want to set kids up better for the future, so saving early is super super important. We here at Films in Black and White are teaming up with Early Bird to give our listeners a free fifteen dollar investment to gift to a child you love. Simply go to the link in our show notes, download the app, and create an account today. Early Bird, build the nest and invest in the children you love. What's up, everybody? It is your boy, Doug Wagner, from Films in Black and White. You know, we love being an independent podcast and turning out high-quality content that you know and love week in and week out. There are, however, some costs associated with that particular content, and we are asking everybody, if you love the show or if you love independent podcasts, head over to patreon.com slash films in black and white and sign up for one of our tiers there. Each one of these tiers gets you access to some exclusive content such as our weekly live stream, video episodes of the show, early access to bonus episodes of the show, uh, and just so much more as we continue to grow and develop. So again, head over to patreon.com slash films in black and white, sign up there and help us keep this independent thing going for you all. Now, on with the show. What's up everybody? This is Doug Wagner from Films in Black and White. Hey, this episode has a little bit of a weird start because I just could not keep the giggles in at all. So as you're listening, if it sounds a little strange or a little weird, that's why um, we have a lot of fun here on this show and sometimes it happens at the worst moment possible. Hope you enjoy the show and thank you for listening. Oh my yeah. god. It blew my fucking mind. Yeah. I, I can't believe it. I can't believe I that was the moment that I doubted what I was seeing in the first sequence. You may fire when ready. podcast to give you a fresh perspective on movies, comics, and pop culture. We aren't afraid to give you an honest take and won't pull any punches. This is Films in Black and White. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Black and White. I am one of your co-hosts, Brian Roush, and I am doing this opening. <laughs> Doug Wagner is doubled over in laughter. We are happy that you are here. And uh, Doug, Doug, are you feeling good? You feeling yeah. good enough to talk? I'm losing my shit for two reasons. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, that's that's okay. That's okay. We're Ooh. glad that you're here. That's yeah. what I know. I'm Boy. losing my shit for two reasons. One, 
Brian's threat to me before, <laughs> before this started. It was, was not a threat. Funny, it was the funniest shit I've ever heard. That was hilarious. And that was two, hilarious. you all couldn't see this, but where the little video intro is going, I looked away and I looked down and Brian's just <laughs> running out of the room he's recording in. And it was the funniest shit I've ever seen. I was like, what? <laughs> like, oh, it's the LaCroix. It's I needed LaCroix. my LaCroix. It's the LaCroix. Okay. LaCroix. It was, oof, you guys. I, look, I know. It was hilarious. <laughs> I know I have 30 seconds. I know I have 30 seconds before that intro ends, okay? Brian was trying to world win a gold medal. <laughs> that intro welcome. alone, he went for gold. That was yeah, but welcome to Films of Black and White, everybody. That was that was a rough that was a rough start. Yeah. Brian did the intro. So thanks, Brian. I'm yeah, doing no well. problem. I thought I'd just pick it up. Just, no, that's you know <laughs> you needed to. Take care, um, take care of that. Let's kick it on over to one Marcus J. Destin. Marcus, how you doing? I'm good. I'm ready to podcast, y'all. Y'all have me dying laughing. Uh, I'm ready to get to it. We got a lot to talk about. Let's get to it. We absolutely have yes. a lot to talk about. Um, the first thing we have Yo. to talk about is we got to play catch that quotable. Yes, um, we do. Um, and for those of you that don't know, Marcus is also helping with the video. So we're a little, you know, fun things happen here. Until Love it. Point. Um we have to scale, settle some score. And for those that don't know, this is the weekly segment where we quiz each other on movies and yes, highlight what we don't know. And for those who are curious, <laughs> here is the updated scoreboard. I am bringing up the rear. Uh, yeah, you are. Eight. Uh, yeah. Marcus is nipping at Brian's heels with 10. Oh, yeah. Brian this is... is in the lead with 11. So, Brian, you in charge of the scoreboard. So, Brian, what would you like to do with you know, the game this week? You know, Doug, I would invite you. I would invite you mm. to start us off. Okay. Well, you a know humble what? king. I appreciate that. That is that's really nice to toss it down to us, the, the peasants you, of you measly us. Why you say us? I'm one point behind. I, there are other people who are in here you, with me. You I mean, wasn't including you. Population you know, of one. Yeah, mm. right. You know, pop yeah, loser town population. This guy. Um <laughs> so here's my quote. Y'all ready? It's a little ready. bit longer. I'm ready. <clears throat> Oh, I am about that life. No, 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 no. I will get crazy up in here. You like movies? We'll make a movie. We'll make Mama Say Knock You Out, starring my fist and your dickhole. Okay. I, I... Read it again. Just okay. To... Yes, please. <sighs> oh, I am about that life. No, no, no. <laughs> I will get crazy up in here. You like movies? We'll make a movie. We'll make Mama Say Knock You Out, starring my fist and your dickhole. That's really interesting. I, I have no idea what this is. I feel like I know this comedic, um, I know the comedic cadence of okay. this person. Of this person. Um, I want to think that it's Will Ferrell. Okay. I want to think that it's Will Ferrell, but can I... Can I get a hint? If I mean, if Brian doesn't need a hint, I, let's I, get no, a hint. I'm gonna need a hint. I, <laughs> I have no idea. Hint. Your hint is dating. Okay. Okay. All right. And y'all can help us out in the comments. We see y'all. Y'all in the comments have an idea of what this is. I, Please let us know. I I have no. I I, I mean, I'll buzz in. Like okay. I'll I'll just go for. It. Is this knocked up? This is not knocked up. All it's right. a fair guess, Brian. And Brian, you're in the right neighborhood. <sighs> you're it. in the right neighborhood. I mean, this is a white comedy. I don't know it. <laughs> what, what is that supposed to mean about me, Marcus? <laughs> <laughs> 
No, I'm kidding. It's totally cool. <laughs> I have seen most Judd Apatow movies, so this is fair. This is totally. I was gonna say, there's not a lot of time I'm watching like Seth Rogen or yeah, like no, that makes kind sense. Of, you know what I mean? Like it that's makes sense. No, it's fine. not my comedic styling. Um, okay, I'm just gonna guess. I was thinking Get Hard with Kevin Hart and Will and Will Ferrell. It is not Get Hard with Kevin Hart and Will Ferrell. Gentlemen, this is the 2015 Judd Apatow movie. It was Judd Apatow. Um, Trainwreck. And it is sen- oh. said by one John Cena in Trainwreck. Okay. Wasn't that, was LeBron in that? He was yeah. in that. Yeah. And who else? Who was the... It's Bill Hader, Amy Schumer, LeBron is. James, John Cena. Yeah. I... Um, some other comedians. Mike Birbiglia is in it. So I think um, that movie did really well. It was actually yeah. not bad. It yeah. was a pretty decent movie, so I enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. I enjoyed okay. it, too. Awesome. Well, there you go, gentlemen. That's that's a, that's a my start. All right. All right. Well, Brian, it's on you. <laughs> All right. I, I will that? take it from here, gentlemen. Oh. When a man with 40... Hang on. I'm going to start this again. Yeah, make it nasty. All right. Take two. When a man with a 45 meets a man with a rifle, you said the man with a pistol is a dead man. Let's see if that's true. One more time for everybody. When a man with a 45 meets a man with a rifle, you said the man with a pistol is a dead man. Let's see if that's true. All right. too 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 many guns in here. My first knee-jerk reaction is that this is Clint Eastwood. Okay. That's my knee-jerk because okay. it feels very like um it feels very westerny. Um, um but that's that's my knee-jerk reaction. Marcus, right. what are you feeling? Man, the okay, the man with the 45 and the man with the right. Okay, so obviously the person talking is the man with the pistol. Yeah. And he's saying okay. he's gonna survive this whole thing. Yeah. So okay. it, I also am feeling western, but I don't know a lot of western titles. So for okay. me. Okay. I am a little okay. bit confused. All right, Brian, can fair. we get a hint? Yes, you can get a hint. The hint is East. It is Clint Eastwood. Ugh. East? Okay. East, east in location or East in the name? That's the thing. Well, it's Brian. The, the clue is East. So here's my guess, Brian. My guess all. is, Brian, is this the good, the bad, and the ugly? Brian, I'm sorry. I lost connection. I'm getting a. I'm so sorry. I was getting an echo. I apologize. No, no you're totally I, fine. I, I was like, they already talked about this. No, I don't understand. You're totally fine. Here. Brian, thank you. That patient. Thank you for that patience. Are you? <laughs> I please say your your guess again. I no, apologize. you're totally fine. I would love to. Is this the good, the bad, and the ugly? It is not. Okay. That's East. Damn it, Doug. That's the only Western movie that I know the title of. Um. Okay, I'm gonna say that it is a Clint Eastwood movie, okay. and I'm gonna say, what's the movie before the Good, the Bad, and the Ugly? Because the Good, Bad, Good, the Bad, the Ugly is the last of that series. I know because my mom watches westerns. Okay. Um. No idea. I'm gonna say the Devil's Got a Gun. It is not. It is not that movie. This movie is a fistful of dollars starring Clint Eastwood. I think a fistful uh, of dollars is a part of that series. And I then there's a few, yeah, few dollars more is that yes. the one. Yeah. The, and then it's the good and the bad and the ugly, yeah. right? Yeah. Is the last one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good quote, I, Brian. Yeah, that was good. Quote. Well, thank that was you. That is inspired by my father, Bill Roush. He loves a good Clint Eastwood Western. So. What up, Bill? <laughs> thanks, thanks, for, thanks for helping Brian out, Bill. Sorry, Mr. Bill. Sorry. <laughs> Mr. Bill. Mr. Oh, sorry, Mr. Bill. You're fine. 
You're fine. <laughs> Thank you for your patience, by the way, because oh, I was like getting repeats in my ear, and I was like, "This isn't. This isn't right. This isn't right at all." No, you are totally fine. It that's gonna happen, and that's oh. Okay. Well, we put we pushed through it, Marcus. I guess you're finishing us out. Yeah, yeah here we go. go. All right. <clears throat> Don't be afraid of losing people. Be afraid of losing yourself by trying to please everyone. One more. Don't be afraid of losing people. Be afraid of losing yourself by trying to please everyone. Oh, um, Marcus always comes in with like these deep, like yes. what I feel like are deep quotes. <clears throat> and he's like, nope. <clears throat> it's not. It's a movie with Jamie Kennedy in it. I'm like, God <laughs> damn it! And I get completely <laughs> thrown off. First of all, like a Chris Marley no. movie or something. <clears throat> yeah, but Don't I want... oof. Um, is it I a mean, heist? some fight. Come on, fight back, fellas. I look. It feels like a high school movie. Like yeah, I'll just I'll call like that out. That. Like you gotta find yourself. I'm like yeah, I do. Mm. Yeah, it feels like that. It also feels like it could be like the pursuit of happiness with Will Smith. Ooh, I like, like that. It feels like it could mm. be that too. Like yeah. a, a message a father's giving a son. That's my mm. general feeling of it. Though. Yeah. Okay. So okay. All right, okay. Marcus, give us that hint. Your hint is going to be love. <sighs> all right. Uh, all right. I'll buzz in. Is this love? Is this love actually? No, it is right. actually not love. Actually, oh, you got me. Um. Okay. Uh, I'm gonna go with. Is this? I'm gonna go with the pursuit of happiness because that's what it feels like. I'm sticking with it. Is that what this is? It is not, right. gentlemen. <clears throat> great guesses. This is the movie Coco from 2017. Oh my gosh! Yes, Coco. Come on, y'all. That was an emotional Man, movie. I've seen I'm that movie like 30 times. That was an emotional yes. movie, and you didn't remember it. And obviously, no, because Disney no, no, no. Wait a minute. No, no, no. I'm pushing back. I do remember that movie. I remember oh, that movie because I, I was flying at the end. That movie. Every then, single yeah. time, I get emotional. Yeah. Every yeah. I think everybody cried watching Coco. I'm not gonna lie to you. Like that movie, it did. If it, if you didn't cry, you got the little lump in your throat. Oh, for sure. Oh, we were like, yeah. yep, yeah. Yes. No, that's yes. And I've heard the yeah. soundtrack a bunch because the soundtrack is really good too. Like, yeah, just everything top to bottom about this. Yeah, that's a solid movie. Let me tell you all the story. Yes. Let me tell you the story how me and Doug <laughs> were headed back from uh, the movie theater, right? Okay. <laughs> and and. <laughs> I'm driving. I'm driving. Doug paid for the ticket because last time I paid for the ticket and Doug drove. This is that's, like that's this our is just, arrangement. It's how it oh, naturally okay. happened. Okay. Okay. So this is so this is what happens. Happy for you. We're driving. <laughs> we're driving back. Right. Coming into town. It's about eleven o'clock at night. Mm -hmm. All right. Eleven o'clock at night. Driving by. It's pitch black. We live in South Dakota. For some reason, there is a raging fire in somebody's backyard. It's a bonfire, <laughs> but it looks like a raging fire. It's, I mean, it was easily, I mean, I'm about 5'10", 5 5'11", 5 mm -hmm. and I'm pretty sure I would be engulfed in flame. Like, yes. it was that high. <laughs> it, was, it was high. Yeah. Next to that ball of fire was a wooden piece. It was a tall wooden piece, <laughs> something like you would hang your clothes on a, on a, on a hang line. Right. Yep. It was a wooden piece that looked like a capital T in my black ass mind. <laughs> all I saw was somebody is burning crosses. Don't like that. Million. Don't was, like that. It was the y'all. If you could have felt the air in that vehicle got sucked out so 
<laughs> fast. He he and I were like, oh yeah. <laughs> oh, hold on, hold on. Yeah. What I the? I, I stopped the everything. Is, but here's the, the part that it? got me. My friend Doug Wagner is laughing <laughs> the entire time. Oh oh, dog. he's he's laughing. He's laughing after I realize. Oh, that's not a cross. That's just a bonfire and a random object right next to it. But oh, he laughed boy. the entire time home. I will say this. I chuckled because <laughs> well, no damn I, chuckle. I am, where is this going? When I get uncomfortable, mm. I immediately like I'm one of those people that's like an awkward moment. I'm like <laughs> <laughs> that like, is a normal I'm, reaction to have. I'm that's I a am, terrible timing though. You know, it, Seth Rogen, it is like that <laughs> like laugh. That's me when shit starts to get awkward. <laughs> and there was this moment where like I was pretty confident it wasn't a burning cross, but Mark, the way Marcus responded, I had to wait until he was like, okay, it wasn't, I'm fine. And then I felt like I could start laughing. I but yeah, that was, was going that's on. a yeah, lie. That was, that that was a lie. Yeah. But yeah, but anyway, gentlemen, had I have a question. Burning cross, I would have made sure you were okay. Oh, like yes. if it were an actual, I'm not gonna that, laugh. That's not cool. like, oh, look at this guy experiencing <laughs> racism in his hometown. Like, I'm not gonna be that guy. But that's, you know, thank you, I appreciate it. No, you just no. never know when you'll just never know when they pop up, and just you know, it's true. You it be, makes you nervous. I get nervous. But I, gentlemen, I, I have a little. question for you. What yeah. is the question? <clears throat> Growing up, I mean, obviously, we are all fan of fandoms, right? Yes. We are all we all have our <laughs> things that we love and that we are. Essential diehards for here and there, you know what I mean? Sure. We, we have a passion for, you know, comic book pop culture yes. and things like that. Yeah, I want to know what is it? What character, movie, moment was it that really uh, <laughs> Doug is that guy? Thank you, <laughs> thank you, Sam. <laughs> Doug is, in fact, that guy. Yeah, yeah, really yeah. thank you. Yeah. <laughs> and, I, and I should have known better, but it's okay. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but I want to know what was the moment character show that got you hooked on, you know, this path that we're on this, you know, being fan of fandoms and Marvel universes and comic books and and doing a podcast about this shit on a regular basis. Like, what is it that got you hooked? Do you remember that moment? Ooh, that's such a good question. Um <sighs> I'll go first because I feel like mine's I don't know. Okay. Kind of, I don't know if it's kind of boring, but oh. um I, I always remember it, but I don't remember the moment. Does that make sense? That like, totally I, makes sense. I always remember being like I remember seeing Star Wars when I was little. Yeah. Um but I think what always got me hyped about certain fandoms, whatever those may be, mm-hmm. was the people that they were like in proximity to. Yeah. Like so I remember like my neighbor across the street, he was into Star Wars, maybe a little bit more than I was. Right. And so like he got really big into the trading cards and I know that that kind of oh, got man. like me hyped up. Mm. Um and I know that like my these friend, trading cards those tra- those trading cards. You just Brian, got that you were, just pulled that out of nowhere. Well, I look I, mean, I look at these when when I had to be on like, long meetings. Mm, you don't really have the video quick. on. No, I'm just yeah. these are pretty pictures. Really quick, he's not Mister Three Thousand for nothing. Okay, <laughs> like he's got to have his props and <laughs> his. Study. I mean, he's no, probably got like a nerf, his hand. He's probably like in front of that camera. He probably has like a Nerf blaster where he could just pull it and be like, "See, this one's yeah. from episode thirty six. <laughs> like, 
Look how he floated it in here. And this yeah. is a gap. Yeah. Yeah. And this is a new type of Look at that shit. Look at that shit over there. Like, the um, but I just remember being that's kind of where it started. Mm. I think the big thing for me, like the big defining moment came when um, Lord of the Rings came out. Okay. Because Ooh, I yeah. remember feeling like that, that tapped into something that I don't think I had ever like, you know, I've always had been a, a, a fan of stuff like that, but I don't think I really got tapped into it until those movies come out. I mean, mm. I remember the end of return of the King. I cried. Like Aww. I was just like it was one of those where you was, you was, so you were invested. I was I was yeah. very emotionally invested in their journey and where things were at. Um, but that's probably the first one where I really noticed it. But like um, Star Wars and other kind of fantasy driven things mm -hmm. were kind of always in my proximity. Um, I can say this comic books is not something I really got into um, actually until I met Brian. Um, oh, Brian was really into it. Hi, um, hello. He used to be like my like in college, sort of like my walking excited encyclopedia. So like mm. Iron Man would come out, um, and I'd be like, "Was it close? <laughs> was it close?" <laughs> so what did you think? <laughs> right, yeah. So I kind of like based it off of where Brian was at. Um, that but that's, I mean. I think it's more it, again, whatever the fandom has been for me, it's more been about the people, the memories have been associated yeah. with um, than necessarily the fandom and the, the art itself. If that makes sense. Okay. Yeah, no, that's fair. Definitely. That's fair. Uh, Brian, what about you? I think like my star Wars experience is like, it's a little drawn out and weird and sacred. And I'll save that for like mm -hmm. another time. Okay. Um, that is really special, but like, mm -hmm. that's not what got me into like fandoms is what I will say. Like, okay. That came like when I was like in fourth grade, I want to say. Um, and what got me into like stuff before then, weirdly enough, I may or maybe not, was Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. And like, ah, that's fair. Sure. I don't okay. know. I can't tell you what it was. Maybe it's because I was a little boy and I was like, these guys do ninjas, but they're mutants and they fight <laughs> robots. Like, I don't know. I can't tell you. What I do know, though, is like I immediately attached myself to Leonardo, the leader of the Ninja Turtles in okay. this era i think is a good way to put it yeah. in the 90s cartoon era and i was like yeah like these ninjas are awesome and they're like teenagers so yeah. they're kind of like kids like me and obviously you want to be the leader of them that's when i started realizing like looking back when that i do leadership sense. training now i'm like oh no not everybody wanted to be leonardo like no like they want to be michelangelo like mm -hmm. what uh, very Mm -hmm. <laughs> right. raf man i raf. yes that's a can uh, full of emotions right there it, that too no that's donatello true. though everyone's like no nah, i don't want to be yeah, there the stage, yeah but, no nobody um, wants to be donnie but you know but like you're, you need a donnie you have to have a donnie exactly true. Yeah. but it's exactly what doug said like there's this built-in community and yeah. like i connected with that because i could go up to other kids and be like well i like leonardo and they're like well i like michelangelo and you're like mm -hmm. cool can we be friends and you're like yeah and then you mm -hmm. go pretend to fight yeah. robots and foot soldiers and be yep. rock steady you know yep. and uh I remember that I think it is partially that connection, but like, I can't exactly tell you what it was about seeing like turtles. And then I was like, I need to know everything. Yeah. I need to you know, know all of it. Yeah. 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 So That's that fair. was it for me. What about you, Marcus? Um, okay. So I, I'm, I'm kind of lost as to where timeline is that kind of blurs <laughs> the line as to what year, <laughs> what came first. Sure. But two shows that I vividly remember that really got me attached. And for the, I think that they parallel very well. Um, cause they, they are 
from the same story structure, right? You have a group of people who do this oh, thing. Sure. So Power Rangers and Voltron. Yeah. Yep. So Mighty yep. Morphin Power Rangers, the original, back when way before Tommy joined. I'm talking like when Jason was the Red Ranger. Yep. Um, and Voltron. I know exactly what you're talking about. Because and and Voltron was really because um, a friend, a neighbor friend of mine, had a Voltron toy that he gave to me. It was the Ooh. old school one where oh, they sure. all broke off in the individual pieces. Oh, and yeah. So cool. We put them back together, right? And that you know, I was on eBay the other day just looking at different stuff, and that stuff like that is going for like three hundred, four hundred dollars now. Oh for yeah, for sure. Yeah, and it's really interesting to see like the old stuff that I grew up with, like even Tobey Maguire Spider Man action figures are like. Fifty dollars mm-hmm. now. Are at they minimum. really? Oh yeah, yeah. they oh are expensive. God. Yeah, they're not. Um, and the thing about those action figures is real quick. Those when they made those Spider-Man toys, they had individual fingers on them. So that yeah. was back when oh, toys were like ten dollars. They were yeah. not like twenty. Like nowadays, they're like twenty dollars. Back then, they, toys were like I seven mean, to ten dollars. Huh? Yeah, they're expensive as hell. Yeah, they went all out. Thankful that my kids aren't like we have a set of action figures, but mm-hmm. like. Mm-hmm. They, it's like they don't know you can have action figures of everything, and I'm gonna try to keep it that way as long as, as possible. Long as you can. No, you have to, you have to. But for me, it was Power Rangers more specifically because I always say it. Power Rangers taught me the structure of a story. I oh, knew yeah. that you have a beginning, you have the middle. When the Zord comes up, that means I have about five minutes left of yep. this TV show. Yep. Um, it also, you know, they queued commercials in at certain points where I could, I could, I got to a point where I was able to time. When like what was happening, what was like oh, you know sure. what point of the episode like? Oh, this is going to be a to be continued episode because the Zord yep. already came out and it's like only this much time yep. left or whatever, yep. right? So and also the idea of you have this diverse group of people, mm-hmm. um, all of these colors, and they didn't really explain a lot of shit. They were just like, we need five badass teenagers yep. in yep. different colors and do it for the ghost head. And they yep. were just like, you know what? Huzzah. Let's do that shit. <laughs> oh, I want to film the black and white shirt that says do it for the ghost head. That yeah. is hilarious. Because <laughs> Zordon was just a giant ghost. Yeah. With no floating. explanation as to why he was there. Yeah. Um, and it did it. And then, of course, you go and introduce my favorite ranger now, Tommy. And you have this badass where he wasn't even supposed to be on there that long, but people right. loved mm-hmm. him so much. Yeah. They made him a, like made him a regular. So Power Rangers definitely laid the foundation for them when I go see Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and all of these team shows, yes. Beetle, Beetleborgs, all of these yes, shows sure. that tried to echo yeah. Power Rangers yeah. and not even American Power Rangers, but like we know it, it doesn't Super come Sentai, from America. Japanese, Super yeah. Sentai. Yeah, 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 yeah. So that was it for me, really. No, um, I that was I was I almost said Power Rangers, but I was like, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles beat them to the punch. Oh, for, I could see that too, though. That's it's fair. close, though. It's yeah. yes, that's yeah, absolutely it's, it's fair. Close, so I will okay. say this to follow up this question. Mm-hmm. I need there was a moment there where like stuff like Star Wars and stuff like um, Power Rangers and other things didn't really play into like where I spent the majority of my time. There was a moment probably from about like 10 to 17, mm-hmm. like seven years, a solid seven year chunk where anything comedy or humor like I had penciled my name in for like if it was hmm. a comedy movie, I signed up for it. There was a while there <laughs> where I was like, I'm going to be a, I, I like I've thought when i was like 15 i'm like i'm just gonna go to new york and be a part of saturday night live and oh like, yeah there was all of oh, that shoot. stuff and i dove it like i would go yeah. back and watch the first th- season of snl and think it's hysterical yeah. oh like, man that type of stuff for me 
always t- and I ended up seeing a lot of bad movies because the like, yeah. early like late nineties, early two thousands was all like, Hey, we got these three big actors and yep. it's not funny, but <laughs> I signed up for it. I would rent it at Blockbuster and I would go home. Like that is absolutely I live that life hundred percent. Yeah. I I get that. I mean, yeah, I, I feel like and just to prove it, Sam, I have I shown see. him the videos of me trying to be funny publicly for other people. Sam. Um, Sam. So Sam. Sam has come in, and Sam is my accountability buddy, I guess, today. Accountability, um, accountability is, buddy. Because real quick, as Marcus was telling me that I was laughing at his misery, I was, <laughs> Doug is that guy. Has, has been, that, been guy. that guy. And will, will be, be that guy. guy. Yeah, yeah, oh, wow. He sent all of those messages in yeah. succession. So, okay, wow. Sam. Shout out to wow. Sam. Uh, yeah. you, know, you, you need people to, to build you up as well. Accountability buddies. Yeah. So, yeah, that's exactly where it's well, right on. Yeah. And that's I where I that spent the, the majority of my time. And I think that that's a good point, too. Like, yes, the geeky, nerdy stuff, whatever we consider geeky, nerdy, flashy, punchy, Power Rangers, all that kind of yeah. stuff is cool. But also, there's other genres that I enjoy that I like that, you know what it really was for me that really got me into movies? Was that? It, was, it was this moment, and it, it was, I vividly remember my uncle. It was, he was watching me. Well, he, he was, yeah, my uncle was watching me and my cousin. And my cousin was acting up or he was being bad or whatever. And he told us, because he used to get sneak pre- sneak previews to movies all the time. Oh, he sure. told us, he was like, if you don't stop fucking up, I'm not going to tell you what, like, the coolest scene that I saw in X-Men 2. And oh, I was like, sure. I was like, huh? and I was like, I don't know what that means. You know, like, whatever. We yeah. used to watch movies all the time. Yeah. With sure. all the DVDs and stuff. But he told me, about the scene in with Magneto pulling the um, iron out of oh, the guy's yeah, body, yeah. Yeah, and then I vividly cool. remember going to go see it, and I was oh, like, yeah. "This is the coolest shit <laughs> I have ever seen in my life for sure." X two was like the jump. I was like, "I want I mean, more. I like. I need more. Like that was amazing." Sure. So, and I don't know. You just love movies for what they are. Wild Wild West. Yep. Mummy Returns, like these are all men in black, like Rugrats, yep. like the old school Rugrats VHS, oh, just like teaching yourself to work the VHS. Like these are dope moments. I think we shouldn't overlook, especially like oh, in the absolutely. world that we live in. The world is changing, going to like streaming. You know, we don't know what'll happen to theaters. Well, Hopefully, a, that's an interesting nothing. point because you talked about like shows teaching you like how long an ad break was yeah. and what a show structure is. When you and Brian, I don't know about your experience, but like if my kids go to somebody's house who actually yep. has cable, yep. they are like, what the fuck is this? Yeah. Like, why yeah. is this? They'll literally like when a commercial shows up, they'll be like, it's not working. Yeah. Yeah. Like, And it's like nobody yeah. like that. That's how TV I, works. Like, honestly, so it's interesting to, to kind of see to hear that and to see the distance we've come. Yeah. So I think yeah. that's yes. a great point. Yeah, I just wanted to say ditto to that. Like, whenever they're at someone else's house, they it's like, be cool. Like, be cool, kids. Because, <laughs> like, anytime a commercial comes on, Liam thinks, like, you ch- you stopped you you stopped the movie. And it was like, no, no, no. Th- I don't want to watch this. Yeah, we ads. know. Nobody wants to watch this. So, but by the way, now when, like, something doesn't work, he's like, is it an ad? And it's like, no, the, the app crashed. Oh, we're probably watching it on HBO, it, Max. HBO Max. HBO Max fucking it up Shit. again. This time for real kids. <laughs> Just fix the rewind button. Are you making me fast watch forward for the series and, and the pause and like and subtitles? Just fix Just, it. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Okay. All right. This is a great oh. transition because the movie we watched this week yeah. was also on HBO Max as well as in the theater. It, it was. was. And this week we saw 
James Gunn's The Suicide Squad. Yes, we uh, did. And y'all, just real quick before we get into it, like in depth, this was good. Like this was a lot <laughs> of really good. Good. This was a fun was watch. Um, really but the most important thing, it was annoying. Alex, it was annoyingly good. Yes, it was kind of one of those where I was like, "Shit, we're, this podcast is gonna be tough tomorrow." Um, <laughs> Because I don't know if you know this, I built a brand on being nitpicky. Yes, um, you did. Anyway, but in order to really bring and round out our experience, Marcus, can you give us your barbershop summary for sure? For Suicide Squad? Let's do it. I'd love to. All right. What had happened was you get the second attempt. Um, they say <laughs> Jesus, Jesus came. <laughs> Okay, never mind. Okay. Scratch. All right. They say okay. lightning don't strike twice. So Suicide Squad <laughs> apparently gets a second chance. I have no idea where I was going with that. G- That's okay. I don't know where I was going. I was all uh, where I was going with that. But um, what happens is WB gives their second attempt at the Suicide Squad. And I mean, so basically you get these group of heroes, well, villains, anti-heroes, whatever you want to, whatever phrase is new and popping right now, anti-heroes and villains. You get this group together and you got crazy ass Amanda Waller, but talented ass Viola Ooh. Davis. Oh my gosh. Um, so she, happy she was amazing. So like you basically get Amanda Waller who puts together this team, puts bombs in the back of their head and tell her, you mm-hmm. do what the hell I said um, or I'm going to blow you to pieces. Yep. Okay. Yep. Now, for those of you that don't remember the first Suicide Squad film Dave, by David Ayer, I think came out in 2017. Yeah. Um, 2016, right. 2017 had a phenomenal soundtrack, but did not go over well. Everybody's arguing for a Dave, David Ayer cut. Because he said it wasn't his movie. He even made a whole um, a monologue about it on Instagram about, you know, the Suicide Squad, but how he was happy for James Gunn. Anyway, oh. you basically get these bad guys. They come together. She forces them to do her dirty work and they got to come together, be a team and all this other stuff like that. Mm-hmm. The main players in this is really Harley Quinn, um, Bloodsport. And yeah, uh, these are you know, Rat Catcher 2. Mm-hmm. Uh, King mm-hmm. Shark is in this, and so basically, you get this wide plethora. They all got different powers, they all do different shit, but it's more of a comedy. It's bloody, it's gory. They oh go, she sends them out. Um, there's this weasel that dies on the beach. Um, they all go, they've you know, jumping out of jets and shit. There's a person with a javelin, there's a whole lot of blood, guts, and gore. There's a person, oh, with yeah. TK. um, and they have to go to this beach to multi cop. Mo- mm, Nope, I'm not even going to say the name. They oh. have to go to this place. Um, <laughs> they have to go to this beach because there's a secret <laughs> weapon there that they got to cover up, right? And so, so it's up, it's up to the Suicide Squad to go stop this because the kingdom was taken over and they killed the original kingdom people and now like new people is taken over. Then that person then dies because they, they hardly shoots that person and then a new person takes over and he's a drunk and he burned birds alive. And I just was wondering what do burnt birds smell like because I don't think that I've ever experienced that um, outside of a turkey on Thanksgiving. But then, so like you go and you, they go the rest of the movie trying to figure out what was in this building called Jodenheim, and they gotta go in there, they gotta blow it to fucking pieces, they gotta fight an entire army, then they gotta fight an entire city, then they gotta fight yep. some rats, then they gotta fight Amanda Waller. Yep. It's a whole lot of shit. So yeah, you basically true. get this story of this team that really is, they just don't click well. They're not meant to be a Justice League. They're just meant to be the Suicide Squad. It's a yep. suicide mission. That's you know what? That's a pretty spot on barbershop summary, to yep. be honest with you, of yep. of this story start to finish. So again, Marcus, kudos to you for for walking us through Gracias. that. Yep. Um, I Gracias. do think Gracias. it's important to note for us before we get any further 
we are going to talk about spoilers. All um, the spoilers. Thankfully, the barbershop summary does a great job of giving people an overview, but it's I think it's pretty spoiler free, to be honest. I try my, I try my best. Yeah. To, so, yeah, yeah. But from yeah. here on out, if you want to go see the Suicide Squad, stop now, come back to us, and we will catch you after you've seen it. But make um, sure you come back to us. That's the yes, important part. Yeah, but come back. Always it's come back. Important you come back. Yeah. Um, come but in order to really get into it, us. I want to give you all the rundown <laughs> of some of some figures. Of both, uh, both no, boxes. No, did both. you hear what I said? Um, I kind of did, but I just no, kept moving. So oh, he 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 just blown right past it. I was like, like okay. I'm, I'm right. setting the sights on the transition. <laughs> so Don't worry, down. you'll hear it in post. Okay, good, awesome. Um, but oh, here's that. the numbers I want to give y'all. So both box office, and then I want to run you down who's in this. Yes. Um, so in the United States. Um, this movie made 2.6 million dollars. Sorry, North America, 2.65, 26.5 million dollars. Um, in North American theaters, but worldwide, it made uh 72.2 million dollars total. So, that okay, the North American box Holy office. Moly. So, it okay. did really, really well. I will note that the North American opening was a little bit less than expected, but we are dealing with um, a variant, um, and on that type of thing. But it did get the honor um, of scoring the top North American opening of the pandemic era for an R-rated title. Oh, um, okay. Because, you know, uh, for some reason, WB has figured out how to do R-rated superhero movies yes. really, really well. So that's yeah. and, and kudos to them for that. So down pick. Kind of give you all a rundown of all of the people in this. Um, so I'm going to start at the top. Margot Robbie reprises his role as Harley Quinn. Her role as Harley Quinn. Um, Idris Elba plays Bloodsport. John Cena is in this as Peacemaker. Joel Kinnaman is a is stars as Colonel Rick Flag. Michael Rooker is Savant. Uh, Viola Davis, as Marcus mentioned, is in this. Um, John Ostrander plays Dr. Fitzgibbon. Um, Nathan Fillion plays TDK. Jai Courtney plays Captain Boomerang. Fuleborg plays Javelin. Mei Ling. Ugh, last name. I'm so sorry, Mei Ling. I'm going to say Mei Ling plays Mongol because um, I cannot pronounce oh, her last name. Man. I'm I don't want to I don't want to be disrespectful and like butcher it. Um Pete Davidson plays Black uh Blackguard, Sean Gunn plays Weasel, um and then you start to get into some other folks as we kind of um dive deeper into the roster. But that's a lot of people in this. Mm -hmm. Um overall start to finish, but gentlemen, we got to start somewhere. So what did you all like about this movie? I think our format today is going to be a little bit different because I have a feeling our <laughs> yeah. list of things we didn't like is going to be very, very short. So I have some questions to kind of tease out some other things. But let's start with the good. What did you all like about this movie? Hmm. I just I, I just read an interesting post I want to drop here because I think it's relevant. Um, they just talked about an interview that AMC had um, during their like earnings report. And apparently they have just reached an agreement with the movie theaters. I mean, with streaming with Warner brothers for a shorter release. So oh. movies like Batman and stuff like that will only appear in theaters, but then they'll do 45 days instead oh, of what it is shit. now. Cause I know we were, we had reported on it earlier that they were pissed at first because <laughs> yeah. they were y'all like, were just doing what the fuck y'all wanted to do and right. so i think that's important because we're talking about suicide squad which released sure. both um and we're talking about numbers and scarlett johansson versus disney and i just want to put that out there just as a anything wherever it fits it fits so no that's fantastic what i think they did well i will always go casting first yeah so 
casting is super important for a movie like this. Um, yes. James, we know James Gunn's direct, direct, director style. Um, when it comes to teen movies, you have to have actors that click and just jail well and look good together um, on film. And I think that he did that. He did well. Yep. He just All of them acted their yep. ass off. There wasn't yep, somebody 100%. who was slacking that I felt like was like lagging behind. So I, I really want to compliment the acting, Idris Elba, Margot Robbie. Yes, Everybody did sure. their part. So yeah. and I and I and Viola Davis, like good lord, like she yeah. was acting her ass off as Amanda Waller. For sure. hundred percent. And I feel like we also I like the this ensemble cast stuff is really hard to pull off. And yes. you can tell mm-hmm. that James Gunn learned a lot from Guardians of the Galaxy, both one and and two. Like just and even his previous work, just you can tell that he knows how to get an like an ensemble cast together and motivated yep. Yep. and going pretty fast. I mean, this movie this movie's not short, mm-hmm. is what I'm gonna say. Um, it's I I'm trying to look for the it's two hours and twelve minutes. Not short. Uh, so it's it's not short, but like he gets he covers so much ground character wise mm-hmm. and even sets up a joke with covering all those characters within the first, I'd say, half hour. That's such a wonderful payoff that oh, for right, sure. The, the team that is focused on on the first beach is wiped out. And then it's like, just kidding. Yeah. Yeah. Here's like, the real team, the real which team. brilliant. So, that so was the best way to do sure. that. Sure. And I and I think the other thing that's to his credit, and I think this is like to James Gunn's style and his ability to like keep things going, is he kept track of the plot details in mm-hmm. a way in which you never really felt like he didn't he, he didn't get lost in trying to tell so many stories. I mean, Bart Marcus's barbershop summary works really, really well because <laughs> yeah. there's not a lot of complicated mess Mm-mm. to this particular plot. No. It's pretty much a straight line. The like plot it's, is it's, the plot. And yep. so I think what he did well is he was able, because he kept the plot simple and didn't try to do too much with it. He was able to build in some of those other moments, like the backstory with rat catcher too. Um, and some of those other like backstory moments, he was able to cover those so well because he just didn't try to do too much. He didn't try to be extra about it. Like he just kind of said like, yep, this is what it is. Yeah. 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 And, and, and once again, to have to the character development is so important. Mm-hmm. You have a fucking walking shark walking <laughs> yeah. around. Yeah. Like that is not an easy character for you to have to um give emotion to and give some depth to outside right. of just being um you know pulling animal. a hulk for yeah. a character. Like like okay, you make them big in CGI, so now they're big and goofy or whatever. Like, you know yeah. what I mean? I have that's my personal beef with the Hulk. But you know, he did well with characters like King Shark. Even for the characters we didn't really know, he still invested the time into them yes. in the beginning for you to feel like, okay, well, okay, I guess this is the team. Even though I knew in the credits, I was like, okay, so do they pick up more people or is this it? Like you right, killed yeah. Captain Boomerang. Oh my yeah. god! It blew my fucking mind. Yeah, I, I can't believe it. I can't believe I. That was the moment that I doubted what I was seeing in the first sequence because I was like, "Wait a minute, Captain Boomerang was like mm-hmm. a central part of the last movie. Are they really just gonna kill? Oh, they did. Yep. They, just they just killed, killed him. him. They yeah. killed. Not, and it wasn't like a hidden kill. No, it, was, it wasn't one of those like, oh, I think a rock may have fell on him and he maybe he escaped. No, they showed right. his charred body oh, holding yeah. his boomerang. Yeah. And in addition, they were, and, and to kind of to that point, the gore with all of this, I mean, yeah. poor Pete Davidson's face got blown off. That was the first, I think that was the yeah. first gory moment. That was right. the one that said it That all. was incredible. And yeah. then, 
and I also appreciated that like Amanda Waller actually got to flip a switch and blow somebody up. Yeah, like, there was, yeah, was this is yeah. all within the first like 20 minutes, 15 yep. minutes of this mm-hmm. movie of like following through on the promises offered here. And I think Brian, to your point of being like to all of those people that said, this is too many characters to keep track of. Don't worry. I fixed it. Like it, I yeah. just killed half of them. Well, and it's not an issue. And right. That's, we kind of talked about that when the trailer mm-hmm, came out, I'm did, just like, yeah. no way everyone's going to make it through it. And I kind of wish we did like a Deadpool, uh, a little bit like last week of who is actually going to survive. Um, yeah. but I mm-hmm. also feel like, in a way, the trailer kind of communicated like, look, there's going to be like four people you actually care about mm-hmm. and, and don't worry about the rest. So, yeah, it worked out. It was fine. Yeah. Well, Doug and Doug and I yep. actually did do a Deadpool thing. We, really? we did it in the middle of the movie. And I leaned over and I asked him, who do you think the three people that are going to like your top three people who right. are going to die? Yeah. And who are they going to be? And Doug, who did you who did you name? Um, I thought Ratcatcher was gonna die. I thought yeah, either oh, her sure. or Idris Elba were gonna die, just based yeah. on how they were talking to one another. Yeah. I was like, Ratcatcher or Bloodsport's gonna die. Um, and then I predicted that Rick Flag was gonna die. He and did. then I also called um there was another one. I feel like it was Polka Dot Man I said I was gonna die. I think you said Polka Dot Man. Yeah. So those you predicted Rick Flag was gonna bite it? Really? I just had a feeling. I kinda I kinda you had did. a feeling of like wow. especially with he was very he was a lot more superhero-y in this yes. movie than he yeah, was. He was. Yeah. I mean, especially with how he talked to the rebels in the jungle. He was sort of like, um, well, don't worry, like when we're there, it's gonna open up an opportunity yeah. for you mm-hmm. um to be there at the Capitol. I was like, he's gonna die. He's out of like, here. He's yeah. gonna die on that hill for that. <laughs> so um but yeah, no, I thought that that was my three, but I feel like Marcus, you got two of those right as well, I, I didn't did. you? I think I got um so I definitely thought Bloodsport was gonna die. Yep. Um, I thought Bloodsport was going to die because they was really building up him being his leader yeah, and I, really I, getting us attached to him. Okay. Um, I think I got Polka Dot Man mm-hmm. and Peacemaker. I think I said Peacemaker. Yeah. 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 I said Peacemaker, knowing that he's got an HBO Max series coming. You know. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I, so technically, I was wrong because he. I think I said Peacemaker. I think it was Peacemaker. Mm-hmm. Um, but technically, you know, obviously, if you stay for the end credits, um, mm-hmm. he did not die. So now it's kind of, you know, there's here. Yeah. Here we are. Um, Brian, did you have any thoughts on as the things were kind of going along? If there were any of those remaining heroes that were going to die off? I mean, uh, no, I, I, the only thing I wanted to add was I, I assumed Bloodsport would make it. Uh, okay. I, I just, I, he kind of just felt so central to the whole thing that sure. it, I just couldn't like logic it out of how they would move on. I was okay. surprised about Rick Flag, uh, just because it, it, it always feels like, even in the last movie, it was like, well, we need some stand in for like, you know, authority. Mm-hmm. And yeah. what's funny in this movie is that Rick Flag essentially, like it, it almost turns him into I'm not going to say a villain, but he becomes an antihero. I feel mm-hmm. like there's an argument to be made oh, sure. that towards the last like 10 minutes of screen time, he has more in common with like Harley Quinn and Bloodsport than he does with like the U.S. government at that. Oh, point. Yeah. oh absolutely. Um, and absolutely. I feel like that's a really it, like it happens really fast. It's supernatural, even if it's predictable. And it's super enjoyable. Like that yeah. was just great for 100%. me. Yep. I think it's, but sure. I, Brian, it's interesting you said that because the first thing I thought of was like I wouldn't even consider him an anti-hero 
Um, I see what you're saying, but this was my thought. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't consider him an anti-hero. It's just like his eyes were revealed, which made it more relatable to be yeah. a villain because the yeah. villains are like, shit is not as sweet as you think it is. Right. Everything is not truth, justice in the American way. And they've always been like that. Fuck the system. We rebel against yeah. it. Everybody wants to see us down. That's a good and, point. And Rick yeah. was like, I've served this country, did everything that I was supposed to, and yeah. it still let me down. And it was like all his eyes were just revealed and that's something yeah. and it's and it says yeah. something about wb just being able to get the villains and suicide yeah. squad right but maybe not necessarily everything else but that just goes into the deeper darker criminal no league. you're right because technically what he did was heroic like oh, now yeah. that i'm reflect it was heroic it was just who was it heroic for it was right. for the team and the people rather than right. the government so i i you've yeah. changed my mind you're right yeah Ooh. um but no, that's, I mean, you're right. The casting was perfect. And I think the way that these characters really dove into it was really awesome um, just to see them play those out as well. And I think yeah. the time and energy they invested into becoming these characters, mm -hmm. I think was something really cool too. I like mean, it was just fantastic to see, like, I mean, one, the voice acting for King Shark in, <laughs> um, yeah. in Stallone, like, holy shit. <laughs> Like I did not expect that at all. <laughs> the silliest um, shit ever, but but also yeah. crucial to the crucial oh, to the sure. film. Like yeah. without King Shark turns out to be the heart. Well, it's it's interesting because a lot of different people play the heart of the film. Mm -hmm. King Shark is this around. innocent portion of it where he's just like literally a monster being told what to like what to do and where to go. But you have Ratcatcher who's a different part of the heart of this, yeah. and then you have Bloodsport who's a different part of the heart, and even Peacemaker to an extent is like a different part of like what made the movie special. I'm yeah. not gonna say he was the heart of this I, shit because that's pushing it. I feel like Ratcatcher though. I feel like Ratcatcher too, if we're being specific. Yes, I feel Rat like Catcher, she yes. to me, she was the heart of the film because she was really driving everyone to be like, no, you're not like so bad. Like you aren't mm -hmm. so bad. Like this isn't as bad as you think it is. And like it's even with like eat rats aren't yeah. that bad. Like always trying to show the rosier parts of all of these things. Um yeah. That's yeah. what I don't know. That's what connected with me. Like Bloodsport felt very much like this cynical, logical person mm -hmm. of like, no, nah, I'm gonna get, I'm gonna get out of here because there's a giant starfish attacking a city. I, I'm gonna leave. <laughs> yeah. Like, well, what's wrong with y'all, Brian? That's interesting to me because I view it the opposite way. For me, Bloodsport Blood was the heart because of the conversation he had with his daughter at the beginning. Oh, that man. entire dialogue that they had, he was like, I told you I want shit. I yeah. told you I have nothing to offer you. And right. she's like, I just want you to care about me and love me. And you're an embarrassment. Yes. That was the thing that triggered him yes. to, well, outside of, you know, obviously Amanda Waller twisting her arm, his arm and the court's yep. arm. But yep. like, these were important. Like, that's what to me was like, okay, he's doing this for a reason. He <sighs> views Ratcatcher as his daughter. She, he says it early. You yep. remind me of my daughter. So yeah. then from that point on, it felt like everything he did was based off of that. Yeah. Like that emotion. Yeah. And I think the other thing that I think is really special about this is I think that it's the way that James Gunn played with the idea of like what defines a villain. Right. Um, and I think he right. played with that notion throughout this entire story. And and Brian, to even your point of like Ratcatcher really I mean, she did something wrong, but would we call her a villain? Like robbing right. a bank mm -hmm. is obviously wrong, 
Um, but like, would you call her a villain? I don't know if I would. I mean, she came to the country with nothing. So she tried to, you know what I mean? Like she was a victim of circumstance to a certain extent, but then you take people who think that they're heroic and Mm -hmm. think that they're doing things for the greater good. (laughs) And the examples of, um, Peacemaker. Peacemaker and even Amanda Waller of yes. people who are like they're guided by higher purpose. They are more villainous than the people who we would point to and say those are villains. Good point. And That's I think that, that and I think that that is the nuance that that James Gunn was able to do with <laughs> I, this in writing and directing because he kept the story simple so yes. he could play these things out yeah. and he didn't get lost in. That's a good point. There's too much shit for me to keep track of. I can focus on this character development. Um, hundred percent, you know, and I'm going to, I'll chime in here because I, I think you bring up a good point that he did keep the main story simple so that he mm-hmm. could play with these like macro mm-hmm. themes because yeah. I started this film being like, Oh, this is just going to be like a gore fest of people being ripped oh, apart. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. then it ended with, is the suicide squad a critique on United States geopolitical policy since oh, 1960s? Right. Maybe like I, I was or kind of, is it just a critique on the American there government in, there. in general? Yeah. Like, is it just a critique on the American government in general? I mean, Which, Peacemaker's main policy is liberty <laughs> at any cost, even right. if it um, means what? even if it means women and children, even if it means <laughs> women and children. Um, what the fuck? Okay, okay. I yes, yes to all. I need to say this before I forget it. So there's a moment where they're getting ready to break out Harley Quinn, yeah. or, or like they think they need to. Um, and he, like Bloodsport's like it's everybody in position, and they like do all the shots of where everybody's mm-hmm. at. And you and you hear the voice dialogue from John Cena like, yes, I have a target in view. And then you see the target in view. It is like a woman moving papers around who is clearly not a soldier, by the way. Like she is clearly like working in an office, definitely not a combatant. And And that's why Rick Flagg Flagg looked at the camera. He kind of looked at the wall. He was like, I have the the person in sight. And Rick was kind of like, huh? Like, who is it? (laughs) What? Yeah. <laughs> and I just feel like that encapsulated Peacemaker, like just those three seconds, like that encapsulates yeah. the character and how awful he is. And it oh, made 100%. me laugh because it was so horrible. And, he, and I and and they perfectly they balanced everybody well. Like yeah. um, Peacemaker didn't take over the movie. No, no, yeah. there was not one person that completely just took over the movie. Even Harley Quinn, even, I'm, I'm going to refer, I know that these they actors and actresses and people who act have names. I'm going to refer to the characters they are in the You're thing. Fine. Margot Robbie, I got you. Yeah, Margot Robbie, but Harley Quinn, Harley is Harley and she can mm-hmm. steal yep. the show. We know yes. Margot Robbie can act her ass off and be yes. Harley all day long. Mm-hmm. To balance Harley in a world where technically she has hopped between three different versions of what the dc universe exists as oh man yes because you're talking about the first suicide squad you're talking about um the emancipation of harley quinn and now you're talking about this suicide squad and halfway um no 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 yeah that's right so um you get all of these different versions of harley quinn and her stories being told in all these different ways but this one kind of just felt like Mm -hmm. she was justified yeah Okay, well, if we're ready to have this conversation, yes, I, we're ready to have this conversation. This movie develops Harley Quinn as a character. I feel like more in quite a bit. Like it just shows you how far she's come just mm-hmm. in three movies. And I feel like the Birds of Prey movie did a lot to get her here. Like it, it feels to. like she crawled in Suicide Squad to get a good brisk run to just straight out sprinting. 
in the suicide squad of how enjoyable she was and how she turned everything upside down. I mean, you're looking at when she's a prisoner and they're like, I have to marry you because of X, Y, Z, the Corto Maltese dictators. Like I have to marry you. And she's like, wait a minute. I've seen this before. I'm going to shoot you just done. Like, no hesitation out of the blue. I enjoyed that because she's like, yeah, I've seen red flags before. And I love that she's taking that logic to the detached, like action area of her Mm -hmm. brain of like, you don't have to kill them. But like, Right. Like, and that's the Harley Quinn that that's the version I enjoy of like, she's able to make these decisions on her own and you see how far she's come from just being like Joker sidekick. Yeah, yeah for sure. I mean, and, and it's, and it's, it's a reminder that Harley is not just some nutso whack job, just going right. off and killing people. She's right. a doctor right. first. That's yes. the core mm-hmm. of Harley Quinn was that she was doc. She was a doctor. She was Joker's doctor. He yes. turned her, but she was always still smart. So right. you finally get this film where she's not just going to fall for the same traps. She's not going to be somebody's meat piece. Like it's more than that. You know what yes. I mean? And, and that's what I mean by the balance. You were able to get that full story and experience while still right. getting to learn 17,000 other new characters at once. For sure. hundred percent. And also realizing that the bad person is really the government. It's, it's the court of Maltese government. It's the American government. Yes. It was not the big bad villains that got superpowers. Because <laughs> they're just being used like everybody else, right? And, and you know what I mean, like. But that's just a different topic for a different day. No, sure. I, I, I agree. I agree. And I, I don't know. I that I, I feel like Harley Quinn had the most solo screen time. So yeah, I do feel like I there's an argument that. here to be made. Like, oh, uh, there was a lot of Harley Quinn, but at the same time, she's the money really, maker. That's the character you do it with. Yeah, I mean, I can't yeah. see any of these other right. characters holding it. And I also think it's a testament to Margot Robbie. She filmed mm-hmm. this immediately after filming Birds of Prey, too. So, like, she oh, she was Harley Quinn right for, it. like, almost a year. She's which tired. That's exhausting. That's <laughs> that sounds exhausting. exhausting to me. So yeah. just shout out to Margot Robbie. Like, I've enjoyed every Harley Quinn performance, and this did not yeah. disappoint. And I think the other thing to this credit is, and I, I hate to go back to, like, I keep bringing up the director. Do James it. Gunn made the assumption that we knew what the fuck was going on. Yeah. Yes. Like, he made the assumption yes. that we didn't need a reminder into who Harley no. Quinn was. He trusted we didn't us. We need to rehash all that other bullshit. We, he knew who we, he knew what we knew and basically yes. said, great, they know it. Well, let's move on. And he didn't feel like he needed to spend time on it. And I think that that's to transition into another part of this movie that I really, really liked is the choices he made Mm -hmm. over the course of the movie. We've talked extensively about the story, so I don't feel like we have to bring that up again, (laughs) but I will just say the cinematography and the angles of shots and the choices he made. Spectacular. They were really good. Fucking fight scene between Rick flag and in the helmet maker in a reflection of a helmet is that was cool brilliant yeah that was cool that looked so cool it was so well done it made it feel as an audience like something is off here that it made me uncomfortable Mm -hmm. and it was just really well done the title cards which felt like a we don't have to do this with plain text um, like Marvel did. We can do something a little bit more creative yeah. and have it built into the background where they saw where it said Jodenheim and it was pieces mm. of rubble. I was yes. like, holy shit. Yeah. Oh. Like, all of those shots are gorgeous. And Operation Harley and- too. That blew yeah. me away. Yeah. That yeah. transition was magnanimous. All was- of this was well done. And it's the, it's, it's this. So, and Doug mentioned as far as shots, I don't want to forget the one he really liked when the movie kicked off and it showed um, from the puddle. 
And he was Whoa. like, "Is this a reflection?" Yeah, and it, oh, yeah. And it, and it was character, Batty. Yes, yeah. It was crazy because, but it set the tone for the movie in a way. Like yeah. it, it was gonna let you know, like the the unexpected is unexpected. But how my kudos goes to the director James Gunn because and and the entire team that puts this together because mm-hmm. you can't give it to one person. But somebody's got to have the vision. So you know the director was able to bring a alien starfish. Yeah. Yes. And yeah. make it a realistic threat, a pink and blue alien starfish. Anybody else would have toned down those hues, those yes. colors, whatever yes. else, in order to make it realistic. All he did was bring this character to life and was like, now what? Like, bitch, what? Like, yeah, <laughs> in the city. So, like, and I think that that's impressive because now you can really do whatever you want to. The idea of Polka Dot Man having an interdimensional yeah. virus and you feel bad for him yeah. and you forget that he's fucking Polka Dot Man. Yes. Yeah. Like, you didn't feel bad. I didn't feel bad for him. I wasn't like, that's a weak power. Like, they made right. it where it was like, oh, my God. Like, this guy's kind of a badass. Yeah. yeah. 100%. Yes. Yeah. I completely <sighs> agree with that. He, I mean, and again, I had written that off. When we first learned that he was going to be a central piece, I was like, who gives a shit? <laughs> like, who gives a shit that a man that can throw polka dots is going to be any type of threat yeah. whatsoever? And his storyline was fucking deep and compelling, yeah. too. It was. And I thought that it was genius to not just say, like, oh, it's my mom that motivates me, to, to, but to fucking put her there. To put yeah. a ran- this random lady. Yes. This yes. random lady is in this movie, and, and it's like you can't do that. And there's like, wait a minute, <laughs> yes, the fuck you can. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. And as like a huge visual processor, like one of the reasons I love movies, that was super helpful for me. It was like, oh, mm. if that's what you saw all the time. No wonder you'd yes. be like messed up, or yeah. no wonder you wouldn't be able to balance yourself out because you see your mom, who you hate everywhere. Like, hate I, I love that. Yeah, yeah. So that that's my second one is that to to James Gunn's credit and the director of cinematography, um, his credit. And I just did a quick look of him and he was involved in Guardian of the, of the Galaxy. Oh, of course he was Two Maleficent Two Mistress of mm. Evil. He did the first Golden Compass movie like he did a lot oh, of different things. Wow. Um, so he's got some experience and some chops. And man, it really shows here because I thought the way the stuff was framed and looked at, I just thought it was just so well done just yeah. top to bottom and that's the thing that i loved about this is that this movie's story didn't keep moving uh not just d- did that keep moving and not did the actors do a great job it's just well shot and well framed and well yeah. thought out i mean and as someone that uh that makes v- really dumb videos on tiktok like I-, I do 30 second videos the amount of time and practice and effort that it probably took to like get that all in one shot and the reflection it must have been way too long like it must have been a very long time for them to stay in frame stay in focus stay within the reflection of the helmet i don't want to know how many times they had to redo that (laughs) (laughs) brian i I removed the picture yeah i know look i I appreciate it but in any case banner right back in i'll don't you fucking threaten me with a good time you were like (laughs) you you take away my pictures i'll just put text in there (laughs) In any case, <laughs> that reflective piece that must have taken them forever. It was yeah. totally worth it, and yeah. I loved it. Yeah, I, I, I feel like um, D- Marvel cannot touch DC, and when it comes to this rated R shit, 
because well marvel will never i don't well okay well hold on now hold on let me think i'm thinking live in real time y'all so bear with me i'm thinking to i'm thinking back to punisher daredevil luke cage Mm -hmm. because those were the rated those were a tvma yes um, I'm thinking the blade old school blade doesn't count. I'm not those old school Marvel. Movies are you, are you talking like current, like starting current. in 2008, starting with whenever like, DC decided to start their first rated okay. R. Okay. Which I'm going to acquaint to suicide squad with David. Okay. Ayer. I felt like that was the first rated R. Maybe these DC movie. Maybe, I don't know. Okay. Um, don't quote me on that, but the first suicide squad movie was not that bad. I, I, I don't, I hate to break it to y'all. I still like it and I, I'll rewatch it. It was fine. It, it was wasn't fine. perfect, but it was fine. I it's agree. rewatchable for me. Yes. So there's some good moments. Yes. Yeah. It's good. Yeah. So like, so that is a rated R movie. Batman versus Superman, the uncut version, I think, is rated R. Zack Snyder's version, no, 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 uncut version is not rated R. Zack Snyder's cut is rated R. Um, and then there's another DC. Marvel can't do this. Marvel would never touch this. Ra- oh, Joker. The Joker movie is rated R. Yes. So they. DC decided to go dark. They're dark as hell. And is it sad? Yes, because DC should be more of a beacon, but God damn it. Marvel, I don't think that they could touch him. It's a bold statement, but I, I, I don't think that Marvel would even attempt, make the attempt. I, I, I guess I disagree mainly because I feel like Marvel has had so much success with their current like formula and algorithm that mm-hmm. they don't, they don't feel like they need to, right? They'd have to put energy and resources into a possible loss when they could just do <laughs> Captain Marvel 2 or wh- whatever, you know, the next Eternals, like they 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 know that formula and they know how to keep hitting it and making money. I think I think now that they've acquired all the Fox properties, I feel like they have some leeway to be like, "Oh, like you haven't heard of this character and it was previous like Deadpool." I absolutely believe Deadpool three will come out. It will be rated R mm-hmm. and it'll have all the Disney iconography on it. Yeah. Um, and I feel like if they put their effort to it, they could do it. Well, I do agree with you though, Marcus, that mm-hmm. I feel like DC beat them to the punch and ate, mm-hmm. they ate their lunch. Mm-hmm. Like they've mm-hmm. done it multiple times here with but- like wonder woman and uh joker. And now yep. the suicide squad. I mean, these are three, those are three films. What I'm, including Wonder Woman, just to clarify, that was the first female-led superhero film like yep. since Iron Man, right, like starting mm-hmm. with Iron Man in 2008. That was the first one to just be completely helmed lead actress at, with a woman, and mm-hmm. DC beat yeah. Marvel to the punch, and they had like a dozen movies out at that point. Yeah. So yeah. Um, that's kind of where I'm at with it. But I do agree with you. DC yeah. beat them to the punch, and they're, they're, they're clearly excelling here. Well, well and, I, I, and the reason I think that they won't, win is because I don't the reason why I think DC has that shit in the bag is because if Marvel makes the attempt at it on the big screen not the TV shows right Marvel makes the attempt at it on the big screen like this do people want that like like what what is the reaction going to be because you haven't been given that for so long I'm not gonna say it's impossible because Disney is Disney Marvel is Marvel and that conglomerate is like ridiculous yeah but like DC just has the market cornered for like we're gonna tell the darker stories and let you know your heroes and your villains. Everybody's fucked up here now. What? Yeah. And I think first off, I want I mean to clarify your point, Marcus. 
about the first one. Yes. I mean, technically, if you if you want to get super technical on what like a DC property is that got its radar at our titling, yeah. Technically, DC and Warner Brothers was ahead of everybody because V for Vendetta came out in 2006 <sighs> okay. and that was owned by DC. Yes. Yeah. 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 And that was a good movie. They did, they killed that. And also I would like to point out that the David Ayer Suicide Squad is not rated R. It's what is yeah, it? It's PG 13. Oh, that's a dark ass PG 13. Right. They definitely hit the borderline there. With they the were just on the edge. And to be honest, Fishy. knowing how the MPAA works, they yeah. probably were like, well, it's a Warner Brothers picture. We'll give them a pass on like these three things. This like, is a good time to plug. If you haven't watched this film, not yet rated, it's a documentary on the MPAA. Go watch, watch it. that. It's mm -hmm. a shit show. Um, so <laughs> I, and I, I here to chime <laughs> in and give everybody like my two cents on, on this particular. Doug, what's your two cents? I want to know. Matter of fact, I want three. Um, well, oh, wow. here's three for you. I think, Marcus, that I think that, to be honest with you, I think both of you are right. Um, <laughs> and I know that that's not, I know that's kind of a cop out. I, um, I think that DC has been able to do this shall in a way share in which, um, I think there's a, DC has been able to do this in a way in which others haven't. They've been mm -hmm. willing to let their darker characters go there. Yeah. Um, and I think though that's because Warner Brothers has never tried to sell itself as the family business. Yeah, that's fair. In the, in the business of family, that's Disney fair. has always, since it even started, yes. has been cons has been built around we build stories for families. It's true. That, um, that, which Marvel, is emblematic Marvel. of our Jungle Cruise review, by the way. One right. of the things we said we're like, this is a Disney film, which is totally Classic. synonymous with family. Right. Yeah. And notice there's violence in that, but yeah. it's never excessive. I mean, it's no gory. Nobody bleeds. Means Somebody's getting punched in the face, but it's like they punch in the face, they fall Didn't down, she they say go that? to the next sign. He got scene. stabbed, and she yeah. was like, "There's no blood." Yeah, Why is there like, no yeah. Blood? explicitly, right. like yeah. there is yeah. no blood. Right, and so I think that <laughs> like, that's like fuck? to the. I think that's to the credit, like, and I think that that's just it's two styles of two competing styles of um, um, those type of heroes. To be honest with you. As you read DC like comics versus Marvel comics, even lately, up. the Marvel comics have started to get a little lighter um, as well mm -hmm. and not being super like violent or in your face um, like thematically. But you can always go back to DC and you can get that really dark, edgy. I mean, Joker I mean, is wearing a face on top of his face in a yeah. recent production line of their comic books. And that's it's hard for us to sit here and be like, wow, I can't believe DC's winning this on the screen, too. They're doing it there. Yeah. And it's yeah. just because that's the theme of their characters that they're building out. I think it's studios being willing to take that risk. Um, and what people have come to expect. And I don't think anyone has come to expect Marvel to be like, you know what I want to see? I want to see Captain America kneecap some Nazis, and I don't want him to cut away. I want to see those fucking bones coming out. I want to see their, I want him to misery some Nazis like right there on the screen. I want to see Chris Evans take it down. Hey, 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 hey. Sorry. I feel like I went to a place. Is anybody else, come, is come anybody else sweating? No, no, it's just you. And calm down. Uh, <laughs> I mean, there's a reason I ran to get the LaCroix before no, the show started. Uh, I, but then, there's no one calling for that. Yeah. But if we tried to say, oh man, I want to see a suicide squad, but I'd rather there not be blood. Well, like there's just, I think there's supply. I think it's a demand issue and a call for demand well, of certain things versus not. 
I feel like this is also a good time for me to bring up. So like I was raving about this movie. I watched it Friday night. I was raving about it. I went to yeah. a get together this this past Sunday and I was talking about this with my sister-in-law and she was like I could I couldn't. I didn't this movie was too much. difficult. John Cena just took me out of it and like I was like <laughs> Was it the tidy whities? Um, it probably. I don't was. know. I don't know. I we didn't get into it. There were children around, so you can't really talk about yeah. this movie with children around a whole ton. But uh, and then I ran into someone online, uh, someone I know who was like, "Yeah, this didn't work for me, and it was too gory." And I and I also need to remember, like, I am very desensitized to violence. I don't That's know better. if it was all yeah. the terrible things that were very fully in focus in my childhood. We don't need to recap <laughs> all those national we're events. Not therapists, Brian, say um, But, like, that stuff doesn't phase <laughs> me. So, like, I absolutely was like, well, that's hilarious. That guy got cut in half because there's a giant shark. Like, that's funny. Like, Ain't that's that fucked stuff, up, though. I, yeah. I mean, yeah, that's, I feel that's, like that's fucked up. I, it is, but I laughed. It's, I mean, right. it's, but I'm, you I know, like, too. well, my, my point being like, I feel like your mileage varies yeah. so much oh, with sure. this stuff yeah. that like it, the, the broad appeal stuff is so hard to get, but clearly there's an audience for this. It's critically acclaimed. And aside yeah. from those two people, those are the exception that proved the rule that like anyone else I've talked to about su- the, the, sorry, the suicide squad people liked it. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. I mean, um, to your yeah. point, Brian, I mean, this movie back a couple of weeks ago came out and it was at a hundred percent on rotten tomatoes. Not that's, that that's a great wild metric for this. It's still at 91% on rotten tomatoes wow. as we speak now. Like, so it's still like crushing it when it comes to fan reviews. And maybe that's maybe your point, Brian, like you're probably not uncommon in that desensitization desensitiz- <laughs> sensitization I mean, stuff. Maybe that just goes to show where the trend of people is going. So now does this mean that we are about to get a whole universe or every superhero movie that follows it. Okay, because here's my fear. Warner Brothers found something that worked. Mm-hmm. Now they are going to do that 10 times over. So, like, because this James Gunn movie worked, and maybe it's not, and because Joker worked, and the biggest movies that worked for them were rated R and dark as fuck, is it, is it, does this mean that we're going to get an entire universe where all the movies that follow after this? are dark does shazam get darker does black adam get darker like because at first they were saying Zack snyder's cut was too damn dark and you get this weak ass justice league justice league version but now dark is okay when it's james gunn and he's in the two hour 12 mark i i feel like this is me shooting from the hip but i feel like the main difference is like Zack snyder right and we talked about this on our uh the, the snyder cut podcast review yes that right he made these like mythic 17th century paintings and brought them to life with our superheroes of our time period oh for sure james gunn it just kind of felt like he turned all the neon colors on like he turned on the neon filter he gave everybody a joke he gave everybody a gore thing to do whether it was eat somebody shoot somebody hit somebody with a hammer harley And then they just went like, I feel like that's kind of the difference is like the suicide squad was trying to be cheeky and warm in parts where you were like endeared to people. I feel like they, they did that with Harley Quinn and I feel like they did it with blood sport and the, and rat catcher too. Even, even like (laughs) Stallone, like even King Mm -hmm. shark, you felt feelings. Oh, I felt bad when the jellyfish is. You're right. The entire jellyfish sequence. Like you felt 
things like mm-hmm. you, you you felt that affection whereas the snyder cut was like these are gods and they're gonna punch each other as hard as they can and we're gonna learn that being a hero isn't all it's back up to me and there is space for that i just don't i think that the direction the suicide squad went is not there i that's just where i'm at i just feel like it was more palatable to some people <laughs> oh he took off his okay. hat oh i'm gonna have oh, it now is he's you just, you just, Brian. Anyway. First of all, the Snyder Cut. <laughs> hold, hold on. Is, let, let me make my point before you come in and talk about the Snyder Cut. Let me just make mine. Because I want to hear what you have to say about I it. I do too. I do but too. I, but I want to get this in here to keep it uh, neighborhood adjacent. Um, here's where I'm at with, here's where I'm at with I'm so um, the presence of, <laughs> the, the, presence, the presence of violence in movies. Mr. Yeah. 3000, my ass. I think, ooh, <laughs> ooh. <laughs> I think, God damn it. I think that if it is doable, yeah. and I think if it fits within the character, and I think if it fits within the plot, yeah. I don't tend to have an issue with it. I think that True. for many of these characters, yeah. it fit into who they were. It fit into the actions that they took. It fit into a lot of this. Um, yes. I do think, though, the reason why I don't think that WB will respond this way, because even if, and I, I maybe I don't know, I'm going to make some assumptions that do people it. That's have fine. Kind do of, it. I'm going to make some gonna assumptions. Who's going to hold us accountable? Who's going to hold us? Who, who the fuck that's is going to say something? That's, that's, that's my problem. That's Here's that's my that's thing. Okay. Who's going to say something to us? Okay. That's because, true. like, we, we, we are an independent podcast. Can't nobody that's hold true. us to that's shit. True. That's like, true. We say what we want to. We ain't going to pull no punches. And quite frankly, WB, I don't have as much faith in y'all as these, as they, as they do. Let's be honest. Well, and, and I was making an assumption that even if, even if the studio calls for it, mm-hmm. no director who wants to keep their job and keep making movies is going to yeah. jam shit in there if it doesn't fit to the story. Are you you sure? know what I mean? I think so. I mean, I think most of the directors that we all have respect for, so maybe you take J- Joss Whedon and you put him over here, well, or maybe all the other directors we have respect for, I don't think they're going to just jam excessive violent excessive gore in there just to have it in there no. i think they'll say if it fits and it makes sense we'll feature it um but i don't know if it'll be they'll be given carte blanche to do whatever they want to do and maybe that's my naivete in it my hope with it is that directors will have some integrity of their story where they won't want to just put it in there to put it in there i don't think it's the directors that i'm worried about my thing is money hungry wb that's fair. You well, see something fair, that yeah. you see something that works, and and to to Brian's point about the Snyder cut, go ahead. To me, it was to me the Snyder cut is always looks different for me because it's gods trying to be human. Yes, it's people with godlike powers trying to be human, and Marvel is just humans. Like it's people with powers just you know peeing people. It's a little bit. It's yeah. different, right? Yeah. So for me, it always feels different when Zach painted his picture. Yeah. It was supposed to be dark and traumatic because Diana is the only one of her kind that is out there. Yes. Bruce mm-hmm. is an orphan that is sick and traumatized. Clark is the only one of his kind, the most powerful man on earth. The Flash is a regular corny dude with the ability to break the cyborg has all. So you have these people with all of this burden and shit like that. It's going to be dark. It's meant to be dark. Like, yes, yeah, but right. it also is meant to have lighthearted moments. Why are you picking and choosing? I guess this is why, like, why I'm. Uh, you pick and choose when it's okay to be dark and when it's not. 
Oh, when, sure. Uh, I see when, your point. When, I see your when, point. Yeah. when James Gunn comes in and kills all of these main characters, which <laughs> I told Doug, when he killed Captain Boomerang and Rick Flagg, it kind of felt like, not a deliberate one, but it kind of felt like a fuck you to the previous air cut because it's like those were the only that. things that felt attached. Those were the only things that, that linked the two together, right? Yeah. And so it felt like a fuck you. You told Zack Snyder the shit was too dark. You want to make it lighter. He make it lighter. You make it this comedic thing. It doesn't make sense. So why is this one okay and the yeah. other one's not? Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a fair point. And I think that's I think that's a fair point. It's the stu- and I see now what you're saying. It's this you're concerned about the studio picking the choosing studio. Oh, yeah. their excuse. Any for, good director, yeah. Joker's direct, cast, the guy who yeah. directed Joker, the J- James Gunn, directors are going to be good at their job because WB's just not going to hire anybody just to kind of come in there and just shit on these characters <laughs> like that because the, the, the backlash is too high. Especially but, now. Especially right now when we live in the world yeah. of superhero movies. Yeah. WB, on the other hand, could see that, hey, James Gunn did a gory DC film and it worked and it was great in two hours and 12 minutes. That doesn't mean every single story can be told like this. Right. Yeah, and I'm just worried that the stories that they tell from now on, these are the same people that didn't know Krypton blew up after watching it for 30 minutes. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> yeah, that's horrifying. Well, uh, now that I fully understand what you're saying, Marcus, I, I also feel like it's very possible WB takes the wrong lessons from this, right? Like, yeah, it's like, oh, you like the gore and the yes. like the viscera and the grossness and John Cena jokes. Yes. Okay, that's what you. And it's like, no, 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 no. It's it's a good story about trying to do the right mm-hmm. thing, even if you don't always feel yes. like a good person all the time. Like that's yes. the crux of the story, and it worked yeah. for this story, right? Yeah, right. I, like, and, I, and that's the soul of it. And I feel like they're not gonna learn that lesson. That exactly. it was a very good. It was a, it was a good story, not like King Shark ripping people apart. And right. to be fair to the critique yes. on the other side of this with Marvel, Marvel will never have the courage to take that risk. Oh, oh man. No. And that's Brian, what I was no. trying to, say. to Brian's yes. point of then they have to invest in PR. They yes. have well, to invest yeah. in people to produce it. They have to find a director that they trust to be able to do that to take that risk and that leap mm-hmm. with. And I think the only reason why that they will take that risk with Ryan Reynolds and with Deadpool three, yes, he's demonstrated. He can crush it. He can exactly. And and people, people expect that already. And I think if you can't demonstrate that you can do it, they're going to be like, Nope, sorry. This is the line. Don't cross yep. it. Yes. Um, I and agree. I think for anybody who's listening or watching who wants to hear, uh, like watch a movie that covers the topic of like the presence of gore in a movie, um, there is a 2007 remake of an Austrian movie called Funny Games starring Naomi Watts and Tim Roth. And it is a psychological thriller. And let me give you the gist. Where is this going? The I know it's kind of crazy. No, no, no. I'm here I'm for it. This, I'm this, here for the ride, this, Douglas. Yeah. The gist of this is basically these two kids, these two people show up and they take this family hostage and they proceed to just sort of torture them over the course of an hour and a half to an hour and 40 minutes. However, you never ever see the actions that the villains or the antagonists take on the people that they are doing this to. You only hear it in sounds. 
you see the pair, you see people's reactions. Imagination doing half the job. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but it. there's a it. very key moment that I don't want to spoil for people where this point of the presence of like gore and excessive violence in a in a feature is really brought to the forefront and he plays with. So check that out if you're not. It's it's, it's a good. little tough um because it's I don't think me now could watch this because it mm. deals with family stuff. But right, um, me in college thought this was like fucking brilliant. Was this, <laughs> right was, this was this point he made? So yeah, um, worth a watch for sure. Absolutely, I mean, absolutely. I like it though. Yeah. Other um, thoughts about this movie? Um, things you liked? We've talked about a lot, but other things maybe that y'all liked yeah, that are kind of waiting in the wings for. My favorite scene was between Bloodshot and Peacemaker going yep. at it. Um, and, the, and, the, and the setup of first of all them going at it and seeing who's mm-hmm. the better killer. Yes. I'll, I also let's put a pin in that. Let's talk about Bloodsport suit. Yeah, Holy hell. Fuck, his that was so that was cool. really well done. Without and so cool. what I love the most about it, there was no explanation as to why his suit nope. could do what it did. Nope. You just accepted it. You just accepted and trusted, and you got caught up in the fact that wow, this guy can make a weapon out of any part of his suit. Right, yeah, and it just made fucking sense. So them going back and forth uh, between Peacemaker, which shout out to John Cena, he played the role well, and I and, and yeah. I absolutely understand why he got casted. Yes. Uh, oh, yeah. I've never doubted his acting abilities, but John Cena played the role of Peacemaker very well, even when it got to the emotional part. Because when yeah. Peacemaker had to kill Rick Flag, he kept he gave him and kept the respect. Please, Colonel, hand over the thing. I don't want to do this. Like he had the utmost respect for him. Mm-hmm. And so um, I did like the scene of them going back and forth, killing people in the camp, and then the setup of those are all my soldiers, and this was the freedom fighter thing. And the villains also being like, you know what? Yeah, fuck the government. We support freedom fighters. This yeah, makes yeah. sense. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I, I think something else that that I didn't realize until I had reflected on it was that I don't trust Amanda Waller, and she was secretly the villain, to me, secretly the villain the oh, entire yeah. time because... Mm-hmm. If you well, me, I, well, well maybe I mean, did, maybe very I mean, clearly at the end she's the yeah, bad yeah. guy, right? <coughs> Excuse me. She was spitting. Did you see that, Brian? Did you I see did when not. Viola she Davis was, was she was acting yeah, and she was she like, was "God cool. damn it, blood sport." She was like, she had she, Viola Davis. She was into it. No, and she was fantastic. But the when she communicates that Rick Flag has been captured, yeah. she doesn't tell them by I who know. or no. like. Any that it's a rebel hideout, mm-hmm. and so she, she absolutely assumes that the the A team is going to go in there and wreck stuff, which mm-hmm. they absolutely do. Mm-hmm. And Rick Flag's like, no, 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 like these are our people. And I feel like Amanda Waller just straight up wanting that power and control for the U.S. government, so the mm-hmm. the rebel freedom fighters didn't actually get to take over the government. So I found that very satisfying at the end, thinking back on it, that they did like take over the government. They were able to overthrow folks even and, against Waller's plans. And shout out to fucking Rick flag for probably the most poignant and powerful line of the entire movie. Yeah. Peacemaker. What, what a, a fucking joke. joke. Like yep. and just dies. Yep. Like that is, yep. that is yep. such a great moment that, that the way that was the, fantastic that whole culmination of that. Um, and, and Marcus's reaction <laughs> When when he got stabbed in the sh- chest, Marcus oh, leans no. over to me. He goes, "Oh no, he did not!" Like he was like, <laughs> because he was incredulous. I couldn't he, believe it. What got me was I was first of all, I was not expecting Rick Flag to die. 
I don't know why, but I was not expecting. But thinking back on it, Doug was right. He was a lot more heroic um, in this movie. What got me was the Mortal Kombat zoom into the heart because they were showing he died. He there is this isn't like he's coming back. No, 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 no. They they showed that he he's fucking dead, and that's what got me. I was like, yo, I was like, James Gunn really he didn't do the same gore over and Mm -hmm. over again. He really like spread that shit out throughout the entire movie. (laughs) Yeah, he didn't want it to become a. I think, and that's the other thing to kind of go back to the gore for a minute. He didn't want the gore to become a nuisance. Yeah. He didn't want it to be one of those things where it was like, yeah, it was violent, but Jesus, it got annoying after a while. He kept it so yeah. fresh of new ways for people to like explode or to yeah. die. And you could even see it in that scene where they're running through the jungle, killing off um freedom fighters because blood sport and peacemaker are finding new ways to kill people and using every we- weapon and you can yeah. tell it's crazy because Pete like blood sport doesn't shoot a guy he <laughs> shoots the electric thing that falls yeah. into the water that kills yeah. the guy I mean, it's yeah. this idea of like i can keep this moving without it getting too tiresome and sluggish that which i thought was really guy. really well done that was brutal well, um, well, for sure well, well, two things that kind of stuck out to me that i don't know how i felt about yeah the one being the and i gotta remember the second one the first one though the ongoing joke about the javelin Okay. I didn't really yeah. understand why that carried on for so long. Oh, Does that really? Make sense? Like, yeah. I don't know if it was meant for the starfish thing or if that was yeah. the setup or was it the set? Was that Th- the, that's that- how I interpreted it? That that basically Harley Quinn and her state was basically like, what do I do with this javelin? And then here's a giant starfish with a very, very pokeable eye is what I will say. Okay. Um, and okay. she's like, this is it. And like, I don't know that worked for me. It reminded me of like the like rocket raccoon stealing people's like different apparatuses of like legs and eyeballs and stuff like that. It kind of had that vibe to me about it. I I guess I looked at it a little differently too, of like this idea that like Harley Quinn has never been given anything or entrusted with anything up until this moment. So like the fact that somebody on their deathbed said, here, I want you to use my javelin for yeah. her and where her character was at was a very big moment. Yeah. To have someone say, okay. Here's wow, you're right. Mine. No one else has given me anything or trusted me with anything. Um, and so I've got to make sure I use this for the right reason. And wow. yeah. Okay. That's a great observation. That's a that's fair. It just it just felt like the javelin. For me, it kept coming up, and I was expecting yeah. this big moment was for it to gag. be like he told me only person that could hold it was, and there was never an answer. It was just right. her poking the shit out of damn starfish. So yeah. like that yeah. was why I don't think that it worked for me. I can't remember my second point, but if I can remember it, I'll try to. I, um, no, that's totally. Come I, back. I, I can jump in. One of the things that I like reflected on, and I was like, maybe that wasn't the best for me. Was <laughs> Corto, Corto Maltese is a fictional place? In case yeah. people don't know, this is not a real place. I um, did not know that. Okay, well, it's not real. And uh, one of the things I reflected on, befuddled. <laughs> like at the end of the movie, I was like, man, there was like a lot of people of color that just straight up died. So <laughs> that that makes me uncomfortable. At the same time, I also understand though it's a fake place, but like clearly a stand-in for another nation. So I was yeah. like, 
Yeah, maybe that could have noticed in the theater either. Handled <laughs> better, but like at the same time yeah. that I'm doing like all these like mental gymnastics of like, well, but Idris Elba, he's he's a person of color mm. and he's on. Oh no, he's not. He's not a hero though. Like it just. It made me like it. I thought too hard about it. I will absolutely own this. I thought a little too hard about it. And I was like, I don't know how I feel about it, but I liked it overall. Like that was my only critique of it. I'm just like, maybe yeah. we could have thought about that a little bit more. But yeah. that's where the, I'm at. The thing that threw me off about the army. And I think I told Doug, I, I said, said this, this to army me in the theater <laughs> is very diverse. You had somebody with dreads. <laughs> yes. You had the Asian. You like you had people Thank who were you. Asian Pacific Islander. You had a white yep. guy, but they didn't look like they were from. Cordo Maltese, they just look like random people that they put yeah. in uniforms and slap yeah. the flag on. Yeah. yeah and even was... Doug made a good point. When they were in the bar, he said, Why are they playing American music? Like, why do they play American I made music? this observation? I was like, This is a str- I, I kind of said it sort of like sarcastically, but I was like, Why the fuck would they play in a Spanish strip club American music? Yes. Like, wouldn't well, wouldn't and maybe this is me being pro sex sex worker of like if i'm gonna take my clothes off i'm gonna listen to the music i want to listen to not some other shit man so I, I was just, just listening to marcus destin until then while you take your clothes off i okay <laughs> wait until after the podcast Oh, sign up for the OnlyFans Patreon. It's about to get sign up, sign up for the new films in black and white only it's about to get nasty um, in here. it's about to get extra white in here yeah. um <laughs> You are not prepared. You are, are not prepared. I am, I am taking white. a step back. You are not prepared for the level of white. It's going to be unleashed. Yeah. White, white mamba. Uh, that's right. Yeah, that's exactly. Yeah. White dynamite. All right. All right. All right. All right. White dynamite, everybody. Okay. That's what people call me. Um, Overall. I enjoyed this movie. <laughs> I thought a little too hard about some aspects. Whatever Look, the, the giant starfish had his eye poked. That was the finale of this film. So. Um, no, I, I mean, you're right, though. I did have that observation of like, this is just, it feels very, it feels like a very Americanized idea yeah. of what a yeah. foreign country yeah. looks like. A hundred percent. Yeah. Also, so. where the fuck is Superman? <laughs> Marcus, 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 asking right. the hard-hitting questions here. Yeah, That's a fair point. Honestly, it was the first thing I mentioned to Doug after the movie uh, was over. You had a giant starfish attack a city. Where the fuck is Superman? He was in the hospital because Bloodsport shot That's him. What I said. I, I, said what I, I said. thought. I thought that that. I, I thought that he got life because he did that. <laughs> Superman was fine. It is fine now. My headcanon was that he was still down for the count. And this is after, I mean, we don't know when this takes place, by the way. We're assuming it takes place after Birds of Prey and Justice League. Um, He would still be dead. Yeah, I mean, yes, before. If it's Birds of Prey, I think Superman was dead. If it's, I I would need to double check the timeline. Uh, Some timeline expert, walk us through this. Also, it's possible if it's not, you know, he was dead, and if he is back to life, <laughs> he's probably hanging out with Lois, and he's like, nah, they got it. <laughs> I mean, you know, I'm like, if you're away from, if you died, and you're away from the person you love, like, you horny. Some, some starfish, oh, okay. I mean, some, st- oh, <laughs> some starfish, some starfish shows up, and you are gonna be like, no, 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 they got somebody covered in this, we don't need to worry about it. But yes, they are spending quality time together. Whatever quality time looks like in their relationship, whether they are 
Oh, Jesus. <laughs> can we look? Can we just talk about for a second that James Gunn made me feel sorry for a starfish that like murdered an entire yeah. city, country, uh, state? Did you hear his yeah. la the last line? From yeah. The He's yeah. Like, I was fine floating in space. It's floating with the like, like staring at the stars. I stare at the stars the rest of my life. And then here he is, like super ticked off. Like, yeah, dude, I'm sorry. I'd I'd he's destroy City too. His eye. Basically, he said, I didn't ask to be here. You bought me. Here. Yeah. <laughs> you I did not ask you here. wanted me to be here. I was fine. Yeah. Everything was fine. You know, the other thing I want to say before I forget it, I feel like the, this movie in Invincible, they do a good job basically being like, oh, you want real life superheroes? Well, this is how messy it gets. And you're like, oh, yeah. no, do I want this? And like all the Starro things are like yeah. messing up people's faces. Starro is like, you know, I love Starro. I love Starro because I vividly remember Justice League. I can't remember if it's unlimited or not, but yeah. um, I think the episode is called The Man Who Has Everything. And Starro takes over Superman's body. Okay. And basically, like, is doing whatever his bidding is and stuff. Like, and Batman and Wonder Woman, it's about Superman's birthday. Oh. Batman brings him this gift and finds Superman taken over by Starro. Okay. But it's, it's about the internal thought process of, like, what they're thinking as Starro takes over their physical body. Gotcha. So that's the first thing I remember. And, of course, the first, I think, one of the first Justice League covers is yes. the Justice League fighting Starro. Yes. The entire, that was the first time I think yeah. they're on the cover together. Yep. Um, and, and it was just, and that was part of the reason why I asked, like, where the fuck is Superman? You got this iconic character that you don't, right. but I do want to give kudos that they didn't do a whole lot of mentioning additional outside characters no. and was able to carry yeah. this movie on its own. Yeah. Yeah. Like and you again, actually I, had Batman and the other suicide I was just about and, to say. and Joker, and he was in all of these scenes yep. and connected the dot, but yep. this one just did it on its own without explaining all of that. Yeah. And I think you, I think I mentioned this as I walked out, I think. I think WB and DC films like their bread and butter is not building a universe. And I know that that's going to ruffle some yeah. feathers wherever we're at, but these standalones work like they, yeah. they work really, really well when you can just plop people down and be like, no, 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 no. Like you're going to have to, we trust you to understand this. Yeah. So here you go. You get but two I, of them, but and we're going to move on and switch a different direction. But and it I feels think, like they're picking and choosing still to me because that's fair. Like that's they have fair. Matt Reeves Batman, and Matt Reeves Batman just got two more spinoffs. They got an Arkham spinoff today, what? and then they got a Jim Gordon or like Gotham oh, spinoff, Gotham, Gotham, Gotham City Police Department, the Gotham City. But yeah. then they announced the Arkham one today. So like, they and then you have all of these other Batgirls, and so it's like, man, it, yeah. what, what, this is why it's frustrating. That's fair. It's like, are they connected or are they not? Are we waiting for Matt Reeves Batman to come out to be the, you know, obviously we're waiting on the Flash because the Flash seems like it'll be the, what's yeah. the other thing you used to shake and it erases the whole thing? You know what I mean? Like, etch -sketch. it'll be like, Flash, thank you. Flash will be the Etch-A-Sketch <laughs> for the universe and they start over. Um, so I don't know. That's why it's frustrating to me, but I'm, yeah. I'm off my soapbox now. That's no, fair. I, I think fair. you have a point though, Marcus, because I think it does get frustrating for fans who want to follow this, who are invested mm -hmm. And whereas Marvel movies are like Sokovia, you know what that means. You yes. know what movie mm -hmm. it was. No need to touch and in it. this, it was like, oh, Harley, you're you're back in jail again. And it's kind mm -hmm. of ambiguous. We know yeah. she wasn't in prison in the first Suicide Squad, but that could really refer to anything. Mm -hmm. They didn't give it a name. They didn't refer to anything else. We they don't said, even uh, know if this this kind of acknowledges Suicide Squad, but not really. And Birds of Prey, because she said... 
um, he killed my dog in the monologue after she killed the priest. She was like, yeah, uh, you ran into a person who killed my dog. Oh, good um, point. So like the hyena okay. from Birds of Prey. So I, yeah. I was assuming, yeah. yeah, which there's a lot of assuming and you make your own understanding, which is great. I, this is fantastic, yeah. right? Yeah. I'm assuming this takes after Birds of Prey. Because mm -hmm. she's got her own freedom, she yep. still has the uh, oh, I agree. Property, and the no one. To look out for yes. herself. Yes. Yeah. yes, right, right. So I'm assuming that's after that. But yes, Brian, you are absolutely correct. You know, yeah. I just I I get it being on the mark. Like I, I I get it seeing both and like yeah. really enjoying Marvel stuff, and then DC's like I don't know, is it connected? Is it? <laughs> and you're like, Maybe. no, just tell me. I like I want. Like I want to enjoy your product. Is it connected? Just please, help me enjoy this, please. For the like, love of God, I'm yeah. trying to give you my money. Yeah. <laughs> like, my money, you know. Like it, it's just I don't get why it's so hard for them. Yeah. But what yeah. it, it worked. James Gunn did a good job of being like, yeah, there was stuff before, but we're just gonna focus on Again, this stuff. You can yeah. if you want to dive into it, and you know it, great. If not, I trust you yeah. to pick up on where things are yep. at now. And I and it's also interesting well his original. My last point is it's original his original decisions on who he was originally going to kill, and uh, at oh. first he was going to you know he he teetered the line of killing Bloodsport, but then he said he was going to kill Ratcatcher too. Oh um, no! Like that was in the original script, but he he was like she had too much heart, and she felt like she bought too much to the. She yeah, was too to important. That he overall. changed it. Yeah, he changed Jesus. it at the last minute. So oh, I, I think he changed wow. it because Polka Dot Man was supposed to live, but I think they and and Ratcatcher Two was supposed to die. That movie wow. has so many gruesome things happen in it that yeah. I feel like that was the right decision. That yeah. was good. That's that would have been hard. That would have been heartbreaking if that, she died. That would have absolutely changed how I felt about that movie. Yeah. That's wild. Yeah, that would have been hard to come back from. Mm -hmm. I think, depending on when it happened. So this definitely tied it up in a neater bow. Yep. At yeah. the end, I think. I agree. Either I think Takeda anybody Watiti else riding. What'd you call? It? What'd you say, Drew? What, what, Takeda uh, Watiti was riding the dragon. <laughs> Fresh off that dragon, <laughs> he was the yeah, he was the heroine. chasing that dragon. He was, he was, he was he chasing heroine that heroin dragon. dragon wherever he could find it. Yeah. Yeah, you chase that dragon. You know what's up. Um, gentlemen, that's all that we have. I mean, we've kind of dis thoroughly dissected this. Um, and we, we talked about how much we enjoyed it. Yes, yes we did. This yeah. look, I feel Basically. very confident in saying, go watch this. We yeah. recommend it. Go see it. It's a lot of fun. It's better in theater. If you can safely go to theaters, I, I do think that I wouldn't have enjoyed this at home as much, or I wouldn't have paid attention as much. Yeah. Um I am proud that we were able to save another theater, Marcus. Yes. Yeah. It's important to me that we, we are doing our, do that. We are slowly but surely doing our best. That I proudly, I enjoy local theaters, but I proudly enjoyed this in my home Stay on. on Friday night. And I, I loved it. I could pause it. I, enjoy, I, I enjoyed it 100%. Okay. You don't so, think it would have made a difference? I, honestly, I, I don't know. I also feel like... I don't know. I also like kind of go in the zone when I watch mm, movies at home. Okay. Like I just okay. kind of put my phone aside. Yeah. Um. That's just how I do movies. Now my wife, she has to be on her phone, otherwise she will fall asleep. So oh, maybe that's, that's the conversation fair. we should have if she comes yeah. on the podcast. Because like yeah. Maggie, Ray. Does. Maggie, Ray. Um, Maggie, come on down. But uh, but no, I yeah. enjoy. It. If you have HBO Max, this is a steal. This is wild. Oh yeah, for like, sure. This is I mean, go watch it. Just don't rewind. And my comment was when yeah, Brittany pointed out that my comment was when Brittany pointed out that she found out today that it, it, it was on HBO Max at the same time. She's like, why'd you go to a theater? And my excuse was, we're out here trying to save theaters, Brittany. Like, just 
just yeah just we're next you, you, you are picking fights about that you know, you know what she said back she goes you are doing it single-handedly like <laughs> it was incredible um but we recommend you see this whether it is on hbo max or yes, in theaters definitely give this yes. a shot gentlemen we are at the top of time of this podcast where we come over to things that we have to plug uh marcus what do you have to plug yeah. this week? um i just want to say thank you to everyone um brian roush specifically uh for helping me get over that, that no i don't know that but i oh, do appreciate i do appreciate <laughs> um thank you to everybody until then now at the moment has over a thousand streams uh it, i think i believe Woo! it has one thousand okay it has 1092 streams at the moment and so um that's really really big this is the most any project we've done it independently as a label and as a brand as the noah never offended always humble brand and i'm just grateful to be here we're already working on the next music we're working with soul tide put out his release and everything like that and stay tuned continue to trust me and i thank you for everything that you you know what I mean? for all the support you've given so oh follow underscore underscore the mantra uh, we're going to be doing some customer shout outs soon on the page. So everybody who has purchased some Noah gear, um, we're going to shout those people out right before we open up the new store. And we got some new gear on the way very we're soon. Sure. We know summer's coming to an end, but we're going to make sure you end summer on the right note with some Noah gear. So Love stay tuned, stay Fantastic. focused. Love it. And don't Brian. forget, follow the mantra. Never offend it. Always humble. Fantastic. Brian, what do you have to plug this week? Uh, folks, check out the lovenerds.com. Uh, yeah. like Marcus said, with summer, we are we're getting into the last uh, few weeks of summer here. So, if you need something good to cook, like those chicken wings, <laughs> this is a good time to do it. Maybe you need that excuse to fire up that grill. Now is the time. I would absolutely recommend those honey sriracha wings. Um, yeah. I, I could eat them right now. Um, also, if you're not following me on TikTok, please do at Rogue Roush on tiktok we were live before we started our podcast tonight and we were just clowning and goofing around so you get a little bit more uh content from the podcast if you want but um those are live uh they're not recorded anywhere so that's a it's a it's a unique opportunity to see how we're doing this so that's true uh, that's uh that's what i'm plugging tonight okay. fantastic both of you three thousand <laughs> just one more time y'all are nice y'all are three thousand right here um gentlemen the thing that i have to plug is this particular podcast um i Whoa. have been all over the place today um mm -hmm. emailing contacting folks to get this podcast uh some more um yeah. heat i mean we already come in pretty hot week in and week out but we wanted to bring some more heat to y'all so um check out uh the podcast if you are feeling so inclined go over to our patreon page patreon.com slash films and black and white and films black and white here. Sign up for our tier there so you can watch this lovely live stream week in and week out. Um, otherwise, just subscribe if you already listen. Tell our friend, tell your friends about us. Um, yeah, share the love because we love sharing what we love with you. Um, I'm give that a bump real quick because the stuff that we talk about here, we're an independent podcast. Like mm -hmm. this is how you get this type of content. You're not going to find it anywhere else that's going to have a big corporate sponsor. We're that's actually true. telling you the yeah. actual things we think, and for us to keep doing that, we. Yeah. Our Patreon supporters. That's so make sure to go right. check that out if that is something you can do to support us. He's right. Also, Brian, that is fire as hell. Good work. Well, no, nah, I don't want to say what I was going to say because no, say what you're going to say. I bought the two. I bought the toothbrush that we promote at the beginning of the podcast. You did. <laughs> I bought what? the. Uh, do you like the, it? The Quibi, it's really good actually. It has Where thirty second. It works in thirty second increments, and so like it'll tell you when to switch, which when to switch and transition to different parts of your mouth. 
Okay. It's really good. So love that. Yeah. Support awesome. the ads. We That's don't support right. bullshit around here. That's right. Um, gentlemen, we are now at the close of our podcast. <laughs> no. We don't. No. No. We don't. Um, no. We're now at the close of our podcast, and we have a three-step process to success. Brian, would you care to give us that first step? Yes, I would like to share with you all to read a book right now. My life is very busy. It's very hectic. There's a lot of change happening. And usually I read a lot more, but I'm not. So you know what I did? I got an audiobook, and I have a commute again. And so I'm listening to an audiobook, and I'm just chipping away at it a little bit of a time. And so my message today is even if you read for like 10 minutes, you're still reading that's still important. Just keep it alive. Keep going, even if it's just for five or ten minutes a day. Yeah. And if I can boost audiobooks just a real yeah. quick, okay, they were not it. your mama's old audiobook that was on like a CD or the, or that was on a tape that didn't have any like production value. There is like production value to these audiobooks. Like I am listening to a Star Wars audiobook right now, and they have mm. laser sounds and Dude, droid oh, and droid oh, noises. And like music in the background, and it's like Jesus. This is this is that's good. This is, is, that, is that Alphabet Squadron? No, this is um, Aftermath, the first book oh, in the Aftermath theory series. And there's a ton of extra stuff in there that is just really well done. So just read an audiobook totally counts. Um, I'm going to cover the second step, which is Do to it. drink some water. Look, we are about to enter into what possibly is our third streak of a hundred degree days. And if you think that I can make it through a hundred degree day without some water, uh, you kidding. You got to make sure you hydrate yourself so that way you can you, you stay healthy, uh, you stay happy, you keep, your, you keep your joints lubricated so they don't keep tighten up. You feel fuller. For those of you who are maybe trying to cut some LBs off the scale, water's always a great way to fill up. So just drink a glass of water. Just drink a glass of water. Fantastic vocals from a one Marcus J. Um, Marcus, would you care to take us home with our third key to success? I would love to. Listen, wash your ass. That's it. End of the podcast. And that goes for you celebrities, too. Yeah, listen. Oh, thank you. Listen, Jake fucking... Jake Gyllenhaal, um, Mila Kunis, everybody on the fucking That 70s Show, apparently. Aston Kutcher. Wash... Wash. You see, see, see. Brian told us in the chat. He was like, he thought it was a joke. He uh, thought that I we did. were just. He thought this was I just an ongoing that. joke. Yeah. This is a much needed PSA, apparently, because you celebrities are not washing. You're not your ass, and then you're passing it down to your children. Wash your ass. Also, okay. real quick, how, how did bad do you make your acting partners feel? You're not going to wash your ass before you're supposed to do an intimate scene with a colleague on. on set? Get fucked. The because if it's a fake, if it's a fake love making scene, those thrusts are going to smell like skunks. Like that's going to smell like ass. Even if you got butt doubles in there, they that's probably wash terrible. Their ass. That shit lingers. The wash shame, your ass. Shame on you. Shame. 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 Look, all I want to add to this is like <laughs> you need to wash your legs too. Like you just you have to do yes, that. yes, yes. And, and there are some people on Twitter who didn't know that, and I thought everybody knew that. So like, just wash your legs. Wash wash your legs. Your Don't let water just hit. And washing is not just letting water touch your body. It's not taking a whole bath or a bird bath. It's you get wash, <laughs> just wash. Also, real quick. 
um your ass is your can be your ass or your ass which is yourself yes take it however you need to take it yeah um that goddamn loofah please we're a soap on a rope something um that does it for this week's episode of films in black and white thank you to those who tuned in to the live stream yes shout out to sam angel for being my accountability buddy this week um also um shout out to just anybody who's listened we really appreciate it we will be back next week but in the meantime stay safe stay healthy and we will catch y'all on the flip wash your ass